This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome everyone, thanks for joining the To Hull and Back pon- uh, podcast sponsored by Six Yards Out and Pearson's Bar in Hull and tonight we're joined by Will and Matt, so how are you guys doing? Very well, Pat. how are you? Very Not well. Not too bad. Not too bad, well I am delighted to be talking about England again, uh, we've got through the first knockout stage of the World Cup um, but we're also going to be touching on um, a little bit about Hull City to returning to um, playing action because England are playing uh, Saturday evening and then we've got uh, the away match at Watford uh, in uh, Sunday afternoon. Well, yes. So, uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of debate about, on Twitter about whether it's um, club or country that comes first. So, I guess that's the first question. Um, I mean, what do we what do we feel on that that subject? Because I, I know it can be a I bit controversial. You refuse to choose. Okay. Well, that I, I expected you might say, you know, it's it's city or nothing. So that's interesting. It's nuanced. What about you, Matt? City all day. Uh, I mean, the amount of conversations I'm with my dad where we talk about what we prefer. Like, you always have these things at work or you're at the pub and they say to you, would you rather see City win the Premier League or would you rather see England win the World Cup? I mean, I won't even get to the second part of that question. I'll be like, yeah, City all day. But I still love England, well, don't get me wrong. It's, just... it's the less likely one to happen. Well, yeah, actually. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. You just, well, you know, but I'd say, I'd say yes, City. England are actually in the World Cup and Hull aren't in the Premier League, so I think it probably is probably is more likely England will win the World Cup. But uh, I mean, I I guess um, yeah, because it's unlikely, I might say uh, I'd rather have England win the World Cup. But and then everyone's happy, everyone in the country's happy. Whereas if Hull win the Premier League, that's amazing as well. But it's just just in Hull. Yeah, but then so you I guess hold that over everyone. That's a good point. That's a good point. That that might be fun, but. Uh, as I said, we're through the first knockout stage. Uh, England 3, Senegal 0. 
and uh, we tried to do a bit of a play on words there um, with the thumbnail or the uh, the title and um, because of course we're the three lions we scored three goals and then um, Senegal are the uh, lions of uh, I can't remember but they're also the lions of, of somewhere <laughs> Tarangia? Like do you think it's do you think it's as clever no. as, it, as it is? Well, I was trying to be clever, <laughs> but it didn't really work. Perhaps not, but it, it's a it's a talking podcast uh, podcast. So, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully that comes across, but clearly not. Um, but a fantastic result. Whether the performance was was uh, as fantastic is up for debate because the, the the three goals were good, but the first half an hour was very dodgy. Pickford had to make two great saves. So, uh, Will, um, how did you see the game in general? And were you surprised that we scored as many as we did? Um, as you say, that first half an hour was very, very shaky quite a lot of the time because we went, it was very similar to the USA game. We was letting Senegal press us and keep on us, which obviously went wonders for the USA because they, they didn't let us play out at all. But And they probably should have scored, to be honest, Senegal as well, but for Pickford. But once um, once England got that goal, it just seemed to kill Senegal's belief completely. They didn't seem to be wanting to even attempt to go further again at that point. And I think the first goal did it, but once the second goal went in right on half-time, it did fully just end the game as a contest. Because the second half was kind of a stroll. They didn't really push forward the way they had in the first half. Um, England just controlled the ball. They had Once they got the third goal, they knew they could just coast the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what about you, Matt? Because I remember a lot of people before the game were talking about how difficult the match was going to be, Senegal um, getting through a, a fairly tough group, and then, um, of course, they're the AFCON winners. So um, just same question to you. Were you surprised at the the great result? I wasn't surprised. Um, I was obviously very, very happy with it. Ultimately, yeah, we talked about that first half an hour. I think in any World Cup, game you're going to have moments in the game where you are struggling anyhow on the back foot it just so happened that that was our period of time was that first half an hour um I agree with Will when we got the goal it looked good and that it did kill the game off when we when we scored I agree with that I would my main sort of sticking point with it is when you mentioned the point about how the USA played against us and how Senegal played against us it's a clear it's a clear way of playing right it's a very clear way of playing um, and I really do feel that ultimately, if you're a France team and you've got better quality players, um, the counter attack was the re- was the USA and Senegal's main threat. The people that they've got compared to what France have got in Mbappe, Dembele, and obviously Giroud helping out there and Griezmann, it's a different different story. So I worry that we've sort of uh, trying to think of the right word, basically shown ourselves to to, to the quality side. Um, so obviously, delighted to get through. You've seen Spain. Go out to Morocco. That's a big shot. You've seen obviously Germany not making it, um, which is good. But I think ultimately, like we can co, we can go with the idea that if Southgate and England lose in to the quarter in the quarterfinals to France, is everyone going to be like, oh, it's a massive shame? No, because if anything, on paper they should they should win. So yes, I'm not surprised um, with the result, the Senegal result, but I think we showed um, a bit too much France. Um, which worries me for Yeah, I think that's the major concern that we didn't play very well um, until the first goal. I agree with what you said, Will. Um, we scored that first goal from Henderson, which was a, a surprise to see him that far up the pitch. Um, but he's you know proving a few doubters wrong, perhaps. Um, but then after that, yeah, we, we had a lot of chances and we really killed the game. 
but I mean, against France, we're going to have to play a whole lot better. I still don't think we've had a, a 90 minute performance. We've certainly done enough. And Southgate certainly sets us up to, you know, definitely beat the teams that we should be beating like Senegal. But against France, it's going to be uh, a much harder game. So, uh, Will, um, I mean, I would also argue France haven't had a 90 minute performance yet either. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, so you've watched. He struggled quite a bit against Poland at times. Yeah, I thought that, um, especially in the first half, Poland, if they'd gone ahead and were winning at half time, I don't think that was a, that would have been a major shock because uh, I think the, the way that we should play, which we have been doing so far in this tournament, is attacking with the 4 3 3, put France under pressure like Poland did, getting, getting on the ball. Whereas, um, I mean, one of the questions we got here, which uh, I was saying England perhaps should do before the tournament, is do we go to a back five? So, uh, Matt, formation-wise, how do you see, or what do you think England should do against France? I can see you're shaking your head. Yeah, I'm shaking my head. So is Will, and I agree with him. Ultimately, everyone's been crying out for this 4-3-3 for England to play it for a lot of these friendlies and the Nations League and... He's stuck with his three or five at the back and it's just sapped every ounce of creativity out of that side. Bellingham's been an absolute revelation in there. And the way he plays in that three with Henderson and Rice, you've just got to give him a little bit of... You've just got to give him that position because without without him, we are... It's amazing to say about a 19-year-old, but without him in that position specifically, not, not part of a two, but just in front of the two where he can kind of be who he wants to be, that's our best attacking threat, right? Obviously, I would say that if you're going to go to a three or five at the back, the team you do it against is a France where they've got so much attacking threat. But I think from a mentality point of view, if you say if you have played 4-3-3 the entire tournament and you then change it to a five at the back, what does that say to those defenders? What does that say to that midfield? It says that, that Gareth doesn't think they're good enough to defend against France. And look, it's going to be a tough task. Of course it is. But I personally think that you stick with what's worked. You stick with what's, what's exciting. We're the highest goal scorers. So stick with what we're good at. Like, the defenders are not going to improve overnight. So why don't make the most out of them? Like, we, we're not going to win this game 1-0. We're going to win it 3-2. So I think we need to be wary of that. So in terms of changing the formation, no. Stick with what's going well and don't change it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I'm glad to be proved wrong that 4-3-3 is, is clearly the way forward. Uh, what about you, Will? Um, and, and do you think that, um, I just want to mention Kyle Walker. I've listened to the uh, press conference he did and almost every single question from the uh, Qatar media, English media, French media was, question. was how are you going to play against Mbappe, basically? So how do you see that going as well? Um, well, Firstly, yeah, I you can't change the formation. You can't f- don't fix what in broke. Mm-hmm. It's the Absolutely. way we're playing is perfect for our, our, especially with players like Bellingham. The way they play, changing their role in midfield just completely negates what they've done so far. On Walker and Mbappe, I mean, it's the logical choice to have Walker as right back for that game because he's the only one of our defenders really who can keep pace. I suppose Trent Alexander-Arnold could, but he's not a defender, um, so. It's the best option because I mean, against Poland, Mbappe a lot of the times he had Matty Cash on him, and Matty Cash has a decent bit of pace, and he did keep up with him a lot, but he didn't really hold him down enough. Um, 
I think it's going to be a case of um, Walker just needing to maybe let him know he's there is the best way of putting it. First of all, the old cliche. Pass me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wear. Let you know because and the thing is because none of the players have a booking, it actually kind of helps England a bit as well because they know the car gets suspended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, a key thing that um, unless I get a second, of course. Yeah, that, that <laughs> actually that reminds me that um, I was a bit surprised to see Kyle Walker stay on the whole ninety minutes. I suppose he should have been fit- booked. To be fair, yeah, the fitness for the goal. The fitness as well, I suppose, was an important thing for him to get because he's not played. I don't think he's played 90 minutes or, or the only other one he's was against Wales. Um, but an, another player that I thought we, we could have taken off to wrap in cotton wool is uh, Harry Kane, who I thought had his best performance um, at a major tournament in a long time. I know he scored two against Ukraine at the Euros, but on the ball, that was a great video. Um, same with Bellingham of every touch he had pretty much in the game. And I thought Kane was was fantastic. So um, he's mentioned how he wants to um, kind of hit form when it matters in, in the knockout stage, same as the Euros last year didn't score in the group stage. So uh, Matt, how important is Harry Kane now that he's got his first goal, which he took really well? Well, I just want to pick up on the point you make about him playing as long as he did. I think that you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, Hurricane's ankles and everything. Like, I think it was just important for him to get 90 minutes just for just for him, just yeah. for his sort of confidence and just to just to make like so because, you know, you just don't know. You might go to extra time and you want Harry Kane on the pitch for 120 minutes, not just 90. So I think that was important in terms of how important Harry Kane is for this team. He's he's massive, not just for his goals, but for his leadership and for his all-round sort of contribution to our attack. You know, the reason why the likes of Bellingham and Foden um, and Saka and Rashford are looking excellent is, is is a lot to do with the hard work Harry Kane does in terms of making the defenders run into areas they don't want to run in, being there at the right place at the right time for the goals that he's already scored. Like, he was in the right place for Foden. It was exactly the right channel to run in and lashed it home. It was a great finish. He hit it so hard. It was brilliant. So when I talk about him as a player... I think that overall he's massive. It's not just his goals. And despite him being such a lethal finisher, it's not just his goals. So I think he's massive for England. And as I say, that that 90 minutes the other day will give him real confidence. And the players around him trust him. You know, if you know when um, he can put the ball in the right areas, um, the goal he scored. You know, none of the England players were looking at that him going through on goal with any doubt. I don't think they were thinking, right, let's just run to the corner because yeah. they know we're going to score. If you can have a player in your team that offers that confidence, not just from him but for the entire team, it's it's you know, there's no price on it. It's priceless, right? So, to answer your question bluntly, yes, he's massively important, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I really hope that it's another phenomenal performance from him I really do on, on Saturday yeah I mean hopefully he continues the same record he had at the Euros where he got two goals in the quarterfinal uh, that would uh, really help and you want the big players to to show up in the big moments we didn't need him during the group stage really um, but yeah he's having a very good tournament even with the one goal he's uh, got the most goal and assists involvements with any English player um, but yeah it was very frustrating at the Euros in the group stage watching him come deep when he didn't need to, or, or you know, he, maybe he felt he did, but this time we've got the exciting wingers who are scoring goals as well. Um, so yeah, seeing him at the top of his game uh, and the amount of goals we're scoring gives me a lot of hope against uh, France. But um, 
Well, we'll just touch on the France game again. Uh, so we, we played very well so far, got three goals. Um, but how much chance do you give us against France? Because, of course, they're the world cha- uh, champions. So um, I guess, you know, how do you predict it going? Uh, is it going to be going to extra time again? And, and who would you play alongside Kane? Would you stick with the same team, Will? Straight away, stick with the same team. Mm-hmm. Um as long as the camp lets, I know Declan Rice today, as of recording, there was doubts about his fitness, possibly because he's apparently ill, which is a bit of a concern because while he's not been as... I don't think he's been as good as he was the Euros, he's still had a decent tournament so far. Um, mm-hmm. He got the same team. And in terms of the game itself, oh... I'm it's very, it's a very tough one. And win on penalties. Hmm. Well, I'd rather we win 5-0. Um, I, I can't take the... the, the... The stress of a penalty shootout this early, oh, no. um, or ever. I'll, I'll be up over five all. We win on penalties, and we've come from five nil down. Yeah, if you've blown a five goal lead, <laughs> that's um, that? that's awful. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think Aaron it's a difficult one. Score the air winning penalty with a, a chip mm. like Hakimi. Oh, that'd be lovely. That'd be lovely. I mean, we've mentioned uh, Morocco twice already. We'll we'll get onto that um, in more depth soon, but. Uh, it's going to be a very tough match. Uh, the last, uh, or the first match I ever watched was um, England 1-1 against France at the Euros, and that was 10 years ago. So um, it feels like it's, uh, you know, time for... Well, we haven't played France. That was the first uh, match you watched? Ever, yeah. Well, I, I got into football very late. Um, wow, I, I know I'm enough. young, but um, that was the first game I ever watched, and I loved Joe Hart. But uh, I, I used to hate football. Uh, I used to refuse to play it, but then after the Euros... And yet um, you chose Hull City and you still don't hit football. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I choose the Tigers. <laughs> oh, it's your local team. It's your local mate. team. You know. And, uh, yeah, but yeah. it's been a lot of pain for England and France uh, and uh, Hull, I mean. But um, another question about um, England getting to the quarterfinal. And um, we've, we've asked people about their opinion on Southgate for, like, the last month. But... Um, if England do go out against France and isn't, you know, something embarrassing like a 4-0 uh, loss, would that be something acceptable um, for Southgate? And do you think he should stay if if that happens? Uh, what do you think, Matt? Um, I don't think he'll stay because I think that if he went out, then, you know, I mean, look, I'll, I'll, I'll return to the, 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 there's a two-pronged question. The first part of it is, you know, if he was to go, people won't be thinking, "Oh, well, he didn't do this, he didn't do that." Like he, he took us to a Euro, a, a Euros final, a World Cup semi-final, and a World Cup quarter-final. We'll get beat against France. You look at the managers we've had; nobody's been more successful. Mm. Like in recent <laughs> memory, like I wasn't, I wasn't born when we have our most successful manager when we won in '66, right? So he, his legacy is already rubber stamped in, in England yeah. history, right? He, he, he's, he's brought the life back to national football. Like I, I said at the top of here, I love, I love City. And that's probably because of years and years and years of watching an England side that play negative, that do all this stuff. And yeah, he's had his critics about playing negative, of course, we get that. But, you know, the way he's played and got us playing, again, a final, a semi-final major tournament, this is, this is amazing. So if we were to lose to France, a team that are the world champ, the current world champions. Yes, they've got a few injuries, but Christ, they're good. I mean, you've got they've got the best player in the world right now, in my opinion, in Mbappe. 
and the team isn't half bad either. Like if you looked at if you look from top to bottom, like yeah, they're missing Kante and Pogba and, and Benzema, but then people they've got in there aren't half bad. I mean, Jesus, it's not as if they're bringing exactly. in a pub side from. It's not as if they've gone to the malt shovel and brought in a few players. Do you know what I mean? Like they've 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 got <laughs> an amazing team. So for me, his legacy, as I said, is already rubber stamped in 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 English football in history. And if he was to go out, yes, it would it would tarnish it ever so slightly. But I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world for him, for us. And I think people would understand because of our good friends are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, France are very good. And I mean, they are missing, um, was it Kante and uh, Pogba and Benzema? Yeah, Kante, but... Pogba, Benzema. Yeah, exactly. Those three, the, the, three, yeah. the, one, three of the best players. But as I said there, you know, it's sometimes you can take, you can take, five, six players out of a team sometimes and you just need that one player. I mean, Mbappe, as soon as he got got the ball, in, in, who, who did they play? It was, it was, it was Poland, wasn't it? Like, yeah, Poland. That, that third goal where he just, he, he, he got the ball, one touch out of his feet and just drilled it as hard as I've ever seen. Both it. were great. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was like side, side foot as well. You don't get much power side foot, but you just lashed it past Chesney and you just thought to yourself, Christ, but I was just going to make a very quick point. People are talking about Carl Walker and Mbappe like it's like World War Three, right? Mm. Sure, and Dembele. Like that's another. If Mbappe yeah. can't get the ball, like I don't think the like in terms of like the the gap between like Walker and Mbappe clearly Mbappe is superior, right? But the gap isn't massive, in my opinion. The gap between Dembele with his pace and he's just he's just gunning towards a goal and sure. Is a lot is a lot more, so I think that people will be focusing on that. But I think if France were to score, it'll come from that right side. I really do think it'll come from that right side, and Mbappe might be in the end of it, of course. But you know, I really do think that's that's one of our that is the biggest weak point in our team. Um, I mean, but yeah, I would also look at there's, there's two that no one else knows as I've gone about at the moment, and that's Saka versus Hernandez and uh, Kunde versus Foden. Mm. Yeah, I think Physically, we've got to. We've got to be confident in our players, and a lot of people have been talking about Mbappe and are the England defence scared of him? But Kane's a great player, Foden and Saka. Yeah. France, if if we are if our weakness is our defence, you can argue that's also France's weakness is their defence. It's not the as good as it could be. It's not as tight as it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Alex makes a good point there about the the swapping because, mm-hmm. and I was going to kind of make a point in a similar vein, like Mbappe's not just glued to that side. Like he, he can play anywhere. Whenever he gets the ball, yeah. you're talking about him against Walker. It's him against Maguire. It's him against Stones. It's him against Rice. It's him against Shaw. It's him against Pickford. Like they're all going to be mind blown by this kid because he's amazing, right? So mm. obviously Walker's going to be dealing with most of the game, right? But I think Alex, you made a comment, so made a good point in that like he's not just going to sit there. Like he's a threat all over the park. So exactly. it's going to be tough, lads. But just need don't to know in this uh, tournament. Just needs to have the shops just suddenly benches him at the last second, like he did, like yeah. Ronaldo did. Oh, yeah. There was yeah, a nice I, sort like of he... uh, twenty minutes yesterday when I saw that Mbappe had uh, missed training, and that got me very excited. But then it seems like he he'll be playing. But then I hear that Declan Rice Rice has missed training as well, which is very scary because I think he's one of our best Realness, players. And... Yeah, him and Callum Wilson apparently were real. Uh, well, hopefully Rice is is, is fine because uh, I mean, and Wilson too. But uh, Rice, I don't think we have a, a very good replacement at defensive midfielder. I know Henderson can play that, but then Calvin Hill. It's probably Calvin Phillips. 
Yeah, I mean, Phillips has played well, but um, I'd much rather he's not played. Than Rice there. I don't think he can yeah. even. Uh, it's a problem with that one. Is another player who's not played at all. Yeah, you wouldn't Probably really trust him. Be there. You wouldn't trust him against France, would you? Um, I mean, but uh, oh, go I was on, just going to mention. I was just going to mention on that midfield. Ultimately, Southgate went with the idea that he'd have Bellingham, uh, Rice, and then Mount. Right. So that was mm-hmm. that was the three, and that's why he started. Why he started the first yeah. game. He didn't actually think that Bellingham was going to play. He played so well against Iran that he thought, right, okay. And he was, to be fair to him, um, like Southgate was proactive and said, look, I'm going to change it up. And I'm going to bring in, make the most out of our best player. So the, the actual replacement for that midfield is Henderson. So, yeah, Calvin Phillips isn't just a backup; he's the backup's backup. So that's the worry. That's the worry because he's not played. So that's where I think that I just I do hope that Declan Rice is fit and well because yeah, he is he is he's integral to that midfield. He really is. Yeah, absolutely. But I will get us to uh, talk about exactly how we think the game's going to go with our predictions. I mean, it's so difficult to predict because I, I think um, any other England team at the previous few um, tournaments or, or World Cups, if we were up against the world champions, I'd say uh, that England haven't got a chance at all. But with with Southgate, with the defensive solidity we've had compared to France, who I think have kept uh, no clean sheets, and um, we've kept three in a, in a row. We're the top scorers, so I think we have the best record at the whole tournament. And we've just beaten, you know, a very good team in Senegal and made them look kind of average. So, you know, we do have a chance. I think maybe it's like forty-five for England, fifty-five for France potentially. But I think if we can get through the first That's a lot of goals, that <laughs> well, yeah, um, percent. I mean, the chance of winning. But um, I, 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 well, if France beat us by ten goals. That'd be kind of bad. And there's a goal every like 30 seconds. Um, but I think if we can get through the first half now, which has been sort of our worst time, we didn't, I don't think we've scored in the first half an hour yet, have we? Um, oh, I guess you ran, we did. Well, but then wasn't that, didn't we score after half an hour? And then uh, no, it wasn't that early, was it? Maybe it was. I can't remember. But um, yeah, we struck, we have struggled against the better teams um, to do that. So I think if we can get through that first um, period, um, I think we've got the attacking ability to break them down. But hopefully we're just still in the game after then. So um, on uh, Joel's uh, fellow podcaster, his sweepstake, I've put 2-1 France, but I'm just playing the odds there. So that's what I'll say, but I hope it's not true. But uh, what about you, Will? What's your prediction? And you don't have to oh, if you're doing you a five all with Harry Maguire scoring the winning penalty. Okay, can I have a serious um, prediction? This yeah. is a serious award winning podcast, okay? <laughs> Drop that in. How long does that say? Mm. 27 well, minutes. Do you, want me to, do you want me to grab the award while I'm here? He's right go, up there. Go grab the award, Will. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, what about you whilst he's gone? Uh, well, to be fair, he's right okay. back. Look at that. <laughs> oh, yes, that's lovely. Um, audio yeah, listeners will love that. Yeah. So, Very good. Um, well, just an England win after extra time. Is that it? Because it will be very tight. I, don't I think. Know. Yeah. I really have not. A, this is. I have not a fucking clue how to call this because it's very difficult. This is this is the peak of, of the quarterfinals. Even ignoring the fact it's England, it's the peak of the quarterfinals. It I'd is. Say. It is. I mean, um, Netherlands, Argentina's got a history, but. Netherlands haven't been as good in the last few tournaments. But I think we've got the Mbappe factor and the Mason Mount factor, of course. So it is definitely the most exciting. 
That's just a, a joke, Matt. Please don't leave. Um, well, I will. I will push you for an answer. I'll push you again. Two one England after extra time. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Alex has gone two one France, so uh, we won't be inviting him back on. And uh, what about you, Matt? Well, as I mentioned before, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I do think it'll be exciting. Uh, I think it'll be. I do think it'll be three-two to England. I've got. I'm feeling <laughs> positive. Like if you look at it on paper, you make a good point, Nathaniel. Like we're the highest scorers and we've kept clean sheets. So you know <laughs> we look good. I think it's the it's the natural English persona and opinion that it's pessimistic about us in the knockout stage oh, because of our yeah, history. Like, I can't be optimistic. You, know, you can't yeah. because we've had so many years of hurt. There's a song about the years of hurt. Do you know what I mean? So, 30 years. Of course, yeah, well, now. 30 years. It's a bit more now, you know? So naturally, we're going to have this perception that, you know, any good team we face, we're going to struggle against. But look, I'm going off what I've seen so far. I hope that mm. France have that little period of 15, 20 minutes where they're not quite clicking and we're clinical enough to take advantage. We score a couple of goals. Then they get one back and we're on edge, but we hold up shop and then we counter and then it comes to Saka. He drills it. We win 3-1 and we're into the semi-final. So my prediction is 3-2, Saka, Kane and an own goal. And then Mbappe is going to get two, um, two for them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it might be a bit tighter than that, even if uh, either team wins. But uh, Ant has gone 2-0 England, so... He's been the most optimistic of us. We've not conceded at the... Uh, that, yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't conceded at the Owl Bite uh, Stadium yet, so hopefully that um, little record stays intact as well. I've just jinxed it. So, um, yeah, so a few mixed results there. I'm saying France will, will win, but you two are going for uh, an England win, which is positive. So we'll look at the other um, quarterfinals. And, oh, sorry, uh, round of 16 games because um, uh, it's been an exciting World Cup. I think it started very poorly, lots of nil-nils, especially at half-time, but it's got more exciting since then. So I've got the results up on the screen because uh, it's a very professional thing to do. Uh, oh. So, Ant, uh, sorry, Ant, Will, um, you're the... Uh, my, my apologies. <laughs> Maybe it's not so professional. Ant's going to be in your DMs. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Will, you're our non-England team correspondent. Um, talk us through... By that you mean um, I'm sad enough to watch every game? It, yeah, but I, I wasn't going to say that. Um, I might get your name wrong, but uh, I don't want to be too rude. So um, what's been the biggest shock of the tournament um, in the knockout stage so far? I know what the answer well, clearly, is, but just talk us through Clearly the biggest shock was uh, Argentina beating Australia. Um, uh, well, seriously. yeah. <laughs> That's Avon. Jackson Irvine. <laughs> Miss that guy. Hey, to be fair, those last 10 minutes of that Australia game were. I, I was on the edge of my seat, especially when uh, obviously they scored and then Becic ran through and almost just tended to leave on Messi for a few seconds. Oh, it was and amazing. Thought, and the chance at the end. Sad watching it. That, that was great yeah, save. The from, um, from Grok, yeah. Was it. Qua or something, who's, who's going to Newcastle, the Australian uh, young winger, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, so that was a great game, actually. It was a good thing to I mention was, I was that, devastated but... in the end. Yeah, but talk but... us through the, the main one, Morocco-Spain. That, that was a big shot in um, penalties. I, 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 I loved it so much. Um, yeah. Watching Spain 
um, try and pass it around like they always have done for the past 15,000 years. Mm. Um, constantly just passing around the tip. The tip they did over, I think it was, they did a, well over a thousand passes and had one shot on target in the main game. That's really rubbish. That's poor for a start. Um, but I think one of the other reasons that they had such a bad time is that Morocco defensively were absolutely looking superb. They just left mm. everything on the pitch. And you think, oh, they're knackered going into penalties. They've done everything. They've thrown everything at them. And you'd think Spain had never touched a football in their lives in that penalty shootout. Yeah. Uh, Ant has said that uh, Spain sound like a, a shot at our Valadza team, passing it around and not having a shot. So uh, I think that's probably appropriate. But uh, That is the most yeah. appropriate comment I've Brutal. ever seen. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. No, he's right. He's not wrong. So I think Morocco there proved that you know, tournament football being boring and, uh, you know, playing for uh, perhaps a draw and winning on uh, penalties is, is the way to go. Uh, Japan uh, had a sort of similar tactic, perhaps. I mean, they, they drew the game against Croatia, but they lost on, on penalties. Um, yeah, so, penalties were awful as well. Yeah, so I think Spain are becoming England, really, aren't they? they they've lost the last lost three tournaments. Three, three in a row. That's now. amazing. That's amazing. And as Alex said... And apparently said, Luis Enrique... I was going to say you put it on the screen, but Luis Enrique had said, you're not coming on the plane unless you've taken a thousand penalties as practice. That they sounds... Work, didn't they? It, uh, but clearly, clearly, I mean, that's probably a similar thing of what England players used to do, just take a lot of penalties, but it's the psychology. Um, I doubt when these Spain players were taking a thousand, they walked to and from the halfway line and took them every time. Uh, you know, and, and had that awkward pause where you had to walk up. That's that's the most important thing, isn't it? They'd, they'd, they'd lost it when they hit the post in the final second, in my opinion. The, the Sarabia, oh, that, he, he hit the post, chance. and you looked at his, you looked at his face after he hit the post, and you just thought, I'd imagine he thought to himself, "It's not our day." And he was the first penalty taker, yeah. so he sets the tone. Yeah, I was so surprised he took one. I know. When he hit I'm the penalty he, well, post I'm again. More surprised than the first one. Yeah, it hit the post again. So it was almost like it's that classic cliche in football. It just wasn't good. It just wasn't our day, right? But it was a, it's totally right. In the fact it's a mentality game, that penalty shootout. You could have the best game, best players in the world miss penalties. Ronaldo, Messi missed penalties. All, Messi missed a penalty. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it, it happens and it's all about your bottle and how you cope with it. Like Morocco players would have thought to themselves, like, this is a once in a lifetime. That's probably why Hakimi thought, so you know what, I'm going to wrap myself in the history books and do a Penenka penalty to win it against Spain. I mean, what a cheeky, mm. <laughs> cheeky blow. But I just Ice think that... running through his veins. Oh, oh absolutely. Mate. Brilliant. Cool so, customer. But it's been good. And I think I, I'm, I'm going to make a quick shout-out point. Brazil. Oh, my Jesus Christ. Like that third goal, I actually went to it. There's a there's a fan park next to Wembley called Box Park, and my my housemate is Brazilian. He's yeah. a really good friend of mine. So we went to the game, and when they scored that third goal, then Richarlison was doing a seal impression, and then just it just turned it just turned instantly, and it just went bang 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 goal. I thought, oh my god, you can't teach that. That just that, that's just like players that are on one wavelength. It was unbelievable, yeah. and we. They, they were amazing. So, you know, they, they they lost against Cameroon, but they, they played a second team. They played Danny Alves, right? So, but when they play, you know, knockout football is the, where it gets serious. And to, to go like that and play as well as they did, score four pretty amazing goals. I mean, I know they got the penalty, but the others were, were pretty excellent. To, to do that and completely dismantle South Korea, 
says a lot about their chances. I, I, I predicted them to win it. And, you know, whoever faced them in the finals can have a really tough challenge because, I mean, the, the way that they attack is unbelievable. Similar to similar to us in that they rely on their attack because their defence isn't the greatest in the tournament. But, Christ, you, you can't stop them from scoring. Mm. I mean, yeah, uh, Will, did you watch... Him. Did you watch the Portugal game? Because I didn't. I was shocked to see Switzerland concede six and see that yeah, uh, I... Portugal saw, scored six. And, uh, and talk, talk about Ronaldo as well. That um, will get well us yeah, I did, see, I did see the game. Um, I was also very surprised in Switzerland. I thought, but as I thought, Switzerland were as poor as Portugal were. Fantastic going forward. Um, but yeah, hearing like just before, I think it was about the time that the Morocco Spain shootout was about to start, they came up that Ronaldo wasn't going to be playing. And personally, as someone who, I'll be honest, I can't stand Ronaldo, and I was very happy with that. But it turned out to be a very good thing for Portugal because they suddenly were playing like a team who didn't have to have a focal point who they kind of relied on a lot of the time. They were playing very nice free-flowing football. And they were... They didn't seem like, for some reason, the way they play, the way I know they have a reputation for like diving. They've had a reputation for years for diving about and being a bit mm-hmm. um, dirty team. Yeah, I'm not saying it's because of Ronaldo, but for some reason, without him around, they just seem to be playing like such nice football. Pass- mm. Even Pepe didn't come across as a massive unlikable git for once. And that's really saying something. <laughs> He's one of the real pantomime villain villains of any major tournament. Uh, Maybe he's matured in his old age. We well, would hope yeah. so. He's a you know, he unlike. I know he hasn't. Mm. He has not. It was. Yeah, um, but, uh, they were good. They, they were, were really superb. Good. I, I um, love. I loved but, that Gonzalo Ramos. Fantastic on his first start for his country hat trick in a welcome knockout game. Perfect yeah. stuff of dreams. That absolute stuff of dreams. because well, Ronaldo. Because mm-hmm. he mentioned about, he said, uh, but Brazil should be beating South Korea comfortably. And all I'd say to that is that, you know, you'd have thought that Mor- uh, Mor- Spain should dominate Morocco. You'd have thought that uh, Argentina should have dominated Australia. They came within one shot of drawing it going to extra time. You'd argue that Croatia should be battering Japan. I was just talking about the style and the, the flair in the goals themselves. It was, you know, of all the teams that could have been uh, an unlucky draw, it might have been South Korea. Who had Son and could have had that one goal that went in, and then they struggled. But I think they were really impressive. I mean, but it, South Korea beat Portugal. Japan beat both Spain and Germany. They got what they did. They got where they were beating those bigger teams that you wouldn't expect them to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But just sorry to interrupt the point you were making, Nathaniel. But I, I know you're going to go on to say something about Ramos and just like you say to get three goals. And that first goal was phenomenal. A left foot finish, actually yeah. lashed it. It was gorgeous, wasn't it? Hammered it. Yeah. Well, thanks for reminding me because I'd forgotten what I was going to say. But, uh, well, just a little statistic. Ronaldo had never scored a World Cup knockout stage goal. I mean, it must be absolutely gutting for him to watch Ramos. His replacement. uh, Was that his World Cup debut? Or or his knockout stage debut? It was his first start for Portugal. I mean, he scored three. So, you know. I think, uh, especially after the uh, Piers Morgan uh, interview and all the stuff Ronaldo's been up to, uh, that's his just desserts for acting like a big baby, really. So uh, let's move on to the quarterfinals. How do we see this going? Because I think uh, the 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 two at the top there of the graphic, Netherlands, Argentina, England, France, will be very tight. Those are two on the bottom. 
I mean, Croatia are a good team. Morocco, clearly good defensive team. But do we think it'll be Brazil and, and Portugal on that side? Uh, what did you think, Matt? Um, Brazil or Portugal on, on the bottom side. So I think that, I mean, it's, it's an easy, easy thing to say that Brazil and Portugal are going to go through. And that would be an amazing semi-final, that Brazil against Portugal, sort of Neymar against... They're not in the same side as the draw. Oh, apologies. You know, it would be my bad. So I'm thinking, because we, oh yeah, of course, because we played Portugal. That's Nathaniel's fault, that. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's my fault. I didn't read the lines. No, that's that's fine. I tell you what, I'll I'll cover the left side, Will, if you want to cover the right. So between Brazil and Croatia, I think that, I think that Brazil, I've been just giving them a, a big rap. I think they'll they'll dominate Croatia and they'll they have should. too much going forward. Uh, so they should go through. Naturally, it's a World Cup, so you just don't know, but I think they should. That Argentina game against the Netherlands oh. is is uh, is so tasty. It's unbelievable. Like, I know, I can't talk, wait to watch it. You, you talk about defensively, the Netherlands, with what they've got, Van Dijk, De Ligt, De Vries, like, and Dumfries was excellent uh, against the United States. So, you know, those four. And then Argentina, just just the aura of Messi and what he brings to any major tournament. It is it's mouth-watering. I can't wait for that one. It will be one of them games that I think will go down in history because I think both sides have a due. Obviously, a due a sort of a major tournament victory. I don't think the Netherlands have won it, you know. So mm-hmm. Argentina haven't won it for yeah. a long, long time. And Messi's obviously, you know, it'll probably be his last World Cup. He might get that's World Cup where he really, really, um, he really, really contributes. So it's going to be an absolute powerhouse that. But I do truly believe that the Netherlands will go through. I just think that you know Argentina will rely on that Messi factor. And I just think that the Netherlands have got too much overall uh, for the Argentinian teams. That's no disrespect to Lionel Messi. I mean, he's, 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 phenomenal. he's my favourite player. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. But I just think the Netherlands have, have got too much. So I'm going to go the Netherlands um, to face Brazil in that side of the tournament. Mm. So take it away, Will. What about England, France and uh, Portugal, Morocco? Uh, well, we've dis- we've dis- to be fair, we've discussed England, France. Um... Yeah. So definitely England, right? So, so well, we're good, as we're going to go for my predictions, we'll say England. Um, mm, good. But Morocco, Morocco, Portugal is going to be very, very interesting because I think Portugal were lucky that Switzerland decided to have absolutely shit the bed in their game um, and just forget how to defend. But Morocco are a team who seemingly are a team who were going to forget how to defend because throughout the tournament they've been amazing. They've, they've conceded the least goals of any team in the tournament. They've only conceded one up to this point. Um, That's amazing. So I think they will prove a massive challenge for Portugal, as great as they were. But as much as I want to see an African team finally get to the semi-finals, I just think Portugal are going to sneak it. I think it'll be a tight game. And I think they'll sneak it, maybe by the odd goal, maybe just a 1-0. Ronaldo penalty, maybe. I'm wrong, though. I want, want, as long as it's not a penalty, and they bring Ronaldo on to take it, I'll be happy. Um, Mm. Unless he misses it. Well, that would be fantastic. I'd happily see uh, Morocco go through with Ronaldo Uh, missing the the decisive pen. Yeah, the the dream scenario is it's another 0-0. It goes to penalties, and Ronaldo has to keep them in the World Cup or Morocco are through when he misses. Not even misses, he just skies it over the bar by a mile. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I'd definitely take that because if we are assuming that England go through, then uh, I'd love to play a Morocco team that's played, you know, two uh, or four hours in the last two knockout stages and absolutely exhausted for us to, you know, uh, bulldoze them in the semi. Nathaniel, do you remember the 2018 World Cup where we played Croatia who had played the uh, extra time in every game up to that point? Uh, I do remember, and I think that Southgate will have uh, learned his his lessons from then, and uh, that won't be a problem. I would like to hope he has. Yeah, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. But uh, yeah, I mean, I Um, think four. I mean, it's always interesting at this point, but four great ties there. The the best way I put it is, I think the winner of us and France is probably the one that gets to the final. You would think so, wouldn't you? Because uh, Portugal, very good team, but. I mean, Portugal, have they ever been in a final? Because of what happened in that Switzerland game, them changing, the, essentially changing how they'll play because they didn't have Ronaldo playing. It's just throwing a spanner in the works of how to predict how they're going to play. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But I think an England-Portugal semi-final would be very interesting. Uh, I think they've we've lost to them the last three times we've played them. I, don't, I think that's probably a, a more bitter rivalry in recent major tournaments than us in France. Because we don't play them that often, but Portugal was the two penalty shootouts in 2004-2006. So, I mean, it, this is assuming a whole lot happens, but um, if that does end up happening, that that tie, it would be nice to get some revenge. But uh, yeah, uh, a- anything else to mention about the uh, knockout stage bracket, or should we move on to a little bit of Hull City? Um, I'm going to just, just, just my. My my personal real Wait, quick is I hope Argentina win just because I've predicted them to win the tournament and Messi to be best player on the podcast well, and I won't fucking rights. Yeah. <laughs> well, I predicted Argentina as well. So yeah, I, I think, think you did as well actually. Yeah. I think pretty much everyone uh who if you know if their team doesn't win, I think most people would like to see Messi win. A World Cup. Also, yeah, I, a part of me is like, I don't want to see Argentina win, but I want to see Messi win. The problem is, it means Argentina yeah. have to win. Yeah, because it would it would finally shut up all the Ronaldo fanboys, and I think especially after the last you know few months at United, and you know he's unemployed now, isn't he? It would uh, really put the nail in the coffin there. Uh, I was going to just you, you say Messi's Sorry, better, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do, and I think that you know that comes from a, a history of watching Ronaldo. Um, I've always categorised the way that we judge football is um, Ronaldo is the best player to ever play on the planet, but Messi's out of this world. There's no, there's, he's not in a different, he's not in the same category. Like he, he's 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 unhuman. Like Ronaldo was a scrawny kid who then built himself as a human being to be what he is today. Messi's been a scrawny kid since since he was thirty, and now he's thirty odd, right? And he does things with a football that no one's ever seen before. Won everything there is to win at domestic level. Not quite got it at the international stage, which is why people still think it's an argument. But I was just going to make a very quick point. Look, I've said the Netherlands are going to go through. Um, but Christ, if it was Argentina-Brazil um, in that semi-final. Yeah. Word, that's that's what I think. For, for, for sort of World Cup photo and, and that and the history of the World Cup and, and everything that's gone on sort of in the last 12 months. You talk about Maradona and unfortunately Pelé's not um, well, is he at the moment? I mean, what a game that would be to just witness and watch. Um, so let's just see. But it's not quite Hull City Watford, is it? That's the real no. simulating time real coming up. Event. Yeah, Sunday, 3 pm. You know, put it in your calendar. So um, I've just had to look up where, well, where Watford are on the table, they're fourth, but also where Hull are, because it's been so long. We're 20th. 
Um, I've loved not. I've loved ignoring Hull City for the past. I few have. Weeks. I have actually. But we've had two very uh, solid draws against top Turkish teams in the friendlies. I mean, I don't think you can look into that at all. Like just no. at all. Um, but you know, I guess it, it's nice. Um, it's not awful. It's not the worst thing to have ever happen to us. And um, for that to I, happen, even, so, I was going to say, I didn't even know what the scores were in those two games. It's one all. Tyler Smith scored the first game and Ozan scored a penalty in the second. Uh, so how do we see this one going? Because I think it's difficult <laughs> to predict because it's been a month. It's a championship. I, I, I Anything could happen. I don't think it's difficult to predict at all, to be honest. Oh, easy City win, do you think? Unfortunately, I don't mm. think it is pretty difficult to predict. As much well, as I love yeah. it. Well, I'm saying that. I'm going based on what it was like before the break. And I think, yes, Watford are definitely going to win. But it depends on what Rotini has done for this past month. Yeah, if he's just sat and eaten biscuits, then we probably will lose. But hopefully if they've practised defending set pieces, maybe we'll have a chance to have a good second half of the season. But uh, yeah, I mean, Saar, Ismail Saar, of course, probably Watford's best player. I don't think he'll be playing. I think they'll be resting him because of Mm. the World Cup. Yeah, perhaps. Here we go. Ant has said that... Saar won't be playing, uh, according That's to the Watford, Watford podcast. Do not scratch your eyes. So, um, you know, go listen to them if you want, I guess, to, to hear about Saar in particular. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know how this one's going to go. It's been nice not having to think about how City are so bad. But um, I guess it's difficult to predict a lineup because, you know, it's been a month, maybe Mussini has changed tactics. But uh, what about a prediction? Uh, Matt, do you want to go first? Yeah, I think we'll lose this game. I think it's just a bit too much. Like if they say that Saar is not going to play, but I mean, you know, in terms of their personnel, it's you look at their team on paper, it's it's unbelievable. Like how they've got João Pedro yeah. playing at Vicarage Road is absolutely beyond belief for me. Like I actually saw him when he played for Watford against West Ham last season in the Premier League. Watford lost that game one nil, and Bowen scored the only goal of the game, but. When he came on, João Pedro, he came on for the last half an hour. I've never seen out like it. Like, he just came on and just tore West Ham to shreds. He didn't score, but he was unbelievable. I don't know what he's doing in the championship. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, Rossini's had a month. He, we've gone away. We've got two draws, happy days. Sometimes, you know, people will judge Rossini on this first game back wrongly. Because oh, no. shouldn't do it all. They, they, they shouldn't do at all. There's, there's you know... A month's great, but it's it's not enough time to embed a formation and a system and the personnel. Ultimately, he's not got any of the players that he signed in that team, so yeah. you, you know you can't you can't give him that. So, look, I think they'll have too much pace, too much power, um, and I think we will struggle. So, I'm going to say that we're going to lose. And I said it the towards the top of the shop here. I said that two nils the most boring, terrible scoring football. <laughs> Watford two, Hull City nil. Yeah, I think I might have to join you on that one. Um, I think, obviously, a month is, is, is still a pretty decent time compared to what we've had recently with all the games we've had, but it's actual game time that really implements that system and the uh, belief in the players at the back, especially that they can play out from the back. So maybe a yeah, 2-0, just want to mention. Ant says it's nice not having a weekend spoiled by City and he's optimistic that it's uh, been a little mini preseason almost. So there should be more structure. But uh Will yeah. do you also it's think Watford win? It's definitely it's definitely better that we've been able to implement all these whatever he's trying to do without having to play matches at the same time. 
um, <laughs> and trying and possibly losing points as a result. Um, I agree. To be completely, to be honest, I think Watford will have too much for us, um, regardless of what Racine has done, because they are not a championship side. When you look at what they've got on their team, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be fourth. They should be in the automatics. You can argue, um, but. I'll, I'll say a different scoreline just to be different. I'll say two one. I'll say we'll score. It'll be a late consolation from Longman. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say um, the same. No, I'll say no, the same. No, no, not from Longman. From I was someone. going to mention on on Ant's point there. Like, I don't. I think there is a, a um, you know a really good thing that he's had this month, and you know I I'm, I agree with his optimism. Um, look, as you as you've both mentioned there. You know, we're not we're to in this in this with this team and with the season that we've had, we're not going to be competing with that top six. We're not going to be anywhere near it. We need to survive first of all, right? So, you know, I I look at us in in the next few games, whether we play that aren't going to be in that top four, and I truly believe that those will be the real sort of indications of how successful this mini preseason will be. Like, you know, that stretch yeah. of games, but the first game back after a month away, it could be hit or miss. We could end up winning. But I don't don't think we will. But I just think that there's um, yeah there's optimism to be had. But that will come with time. Uh, at least a month after we've had a few fixtures in. Um, and yeah, as I said earlier, I think Watford just got too much for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and to everyone who's uh, commented and been watching along. Uh, two big games at the weekend. Perhaps one more historically significant than the other. But of course, um, you know, uh, I guess, uh, I mean, some people will be interested for the England-France game, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, Brilliant. the, uh, what you know. Uh, That's bit, I knew that were coming. We all did. Yeah. Well, I, I was deciding halfway through that whether I should make the joke or not, but I've decided to You're do that. Well. So, yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, and yeah, thanks to everyone who's listening. Big games, hopefully uh, a whole and an England win. But if not, then we'll be back next week uh, to, you know, commiserate. To drown our sorrows. Exactly. So, yeah, thanks again. And we'll see you very soon. Goodbye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.